know, for me, it was the first couple of episodes. It was like pulling teeth, me, mm -hmm. you know, finding people to talk to that I was comfortable with. And, you know, once I got over that initial fear, you know, I started branching out a little more here and there and, you know, got to the point to where my wife told me I was talking too much. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it, it, it worked itself. It worked itself. At times, you know, I'm afraid for this generation to take over because they're so, to a certain degree, they're kind of lost. And, you know, what we see out there, what we see in the streets and what we see on social media, it's just like, God damn, is this who I have to worry about taking care of me when I'm in the nursing home? <laughs> you know, when I go to Walmart or wherever, is this who I have to worry about dealing with this generation that doesn't give a shit about anything? So it's just like, like you said, I, I have hope for it. And then dealing with the Matrix, Lord knows what they would do with the, you know, with the, the things that they can pick up and gain from the Matrix, what they would do with it. So, like I said, I, I have hope, but at times it's just like it's fleeting hope. Hey, man, uh, they've been we've been saying it for years, man. And, you know, I'm going to still keep saying it. Change going to come, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, the Landover legend, a.k.a. Big T. And thank you for tuning in for another episode of the I Can't Make This Up podcast. You have been listening to the wise words and uh, uh, the harmonious uh, tone of the host of the We Need to Talk podcast, Brother Ringo. How you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great, doing great. Thank you for having me. Hey, man, thank you for taking time out of your day, you know, to uh, kick it with me and, and join me for a deep conversation that uh, I hope, you know, resonates with some people and, you know, they get some good usefulness out of it and some entertainment at the same time. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, hey, man. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to my audience? All right. All right. My name is Ringold. Um, from, and a lot of people leave this off the podcast. But actually, we need to talk 23. Sorry about um, that. Oh, no, no, no. I, a lot of people do it, but I have to explain it. The 23 is only on there because when I started the podcast, it was just called We Need to Talk. Mm -hmm. And I was uh, sending out links to people. And there's a million We Need to Talks. <laughs> so the 23 is, is my birthday. So I just put it on there just to kind of make it stand out compared to, all, you know, all of the other We Need to Talks that are out there. Um, you know, and I'm, We Need to Talk 23, I just, the podcast is to have those uncomfortable conversations that a lot of people tend to shy away from, you know, from LGBTQ community conversations, um, you know, to having conversations about if, if, you know, us, our black people want to change or are they too comfortable in their ways, you know, things along those lines. Um, I freestyle majority of my episodes, I'll say out of 95% of them, there's no questions written down or just, bring the guests on, feel the vibes, and we go from there. So, you know, if you're looking for deep conversation, and a lot of times, 
you know, drinking and, and drinking and talking. <laughs> you know, we need to talk 23 is a place to come check in. <laughs> that sounds good. I'm going to need to pull up one of these days. Oh, definitely, definitely. That's what's up. That's what's up. So, you know, tough conversations isn't everyone's forte. And not everybody knows how to, you know, not necessarily unpack, but just divulge stuff. Uh, their true feelings about certain situations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what what is what is an example of a time that you uh you touched on a subject that you didn't really know how to go at? I was um I did a pride episode with with uh, some of my people, you know, family and friends from the LGBTQ community, and and I've had conversations like this, you know, with them in private. But to sit up here and record it and then put it out for people to listen to, I was just trying to make sure, like I said, off camera and off mic and everything, when we talk, I could be a little bit more comfortable, you know, with our conversations. But up here, I want to make sure that what I was trying to convey in the episode, you know, came across the right way and not offensive um, because, you know, the, the entire episode was just trying to show everyone that shit, they they feel the same way that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, it depends on, on what it is. A lot of people look at it and say, oh, well, LGBTQ community, oh, they must all support each other and they must all back each other. And one thing that I found out during the episode was that when it comes to, let's say, uh, transgender and sports, for example, they feel the same way that we that a lot of us do, is that the transgender yeah. should have their own league versus blending them in with, um, you know, a 50 something year old man that wants to transition have him playing college basketball you know with girls you know mm-hmm. cause, and that's the actual case that I brought up on the episode this guy was like 6'6 250 and he was transitioning to a woman and he was playing college basketball with 18 and 19 year old girls huh yeah I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll send you the link to the story oh, okay and and it was crazy. I'm like, he's six six two fifty. I'm like, what are these, you know, what are these eighteen nineteen year old hundred and twenty something pound girls, or women, you know, or at the most two hundred pound women? What are they gonna do with the with you know with a a guy transitioning, you know, pretty much nothing because at the end of the day, as you know, he was born a man. And, you know, he still has that, that the strength, the hormones and everything that women don't have. So, you know, it gives him an advantage. And let's say this may not be his situation, but just because you got cut from the boys team or the men's team. OK, so what are you going to do now? You're going to decide to go play basketball with smaller, smaller, younger women just so that you can make the team. And the conversation, you know, on that episode, on my pride episode was, you know, was around, was talking about that. And um, another case we talked about was the UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. It was a, a man transitioning to a woman. He, he fought, a, fought a female, ended up cracking her skull. And I'm like, what did they think was going to happen? You know, so those, those are, that was one that I say was a little tough because I was fearful going in, although they were friends and family. Mm-hmm. It was still tough going in because I wanted to make sure that I did it in a respectful manner so that it, what I was trying to convey came across the right way. I think that a lot of people read headlines and make assumptions about people or certain situations. And, you know, that's that's a problem with uh, 
society today. You know, they don't do their research and they don't they don't verify anything. They they go for clickbait titles. Like that's all the information they need to make an assumption. Like pretty much how they uh they say that the police handle certain situations. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. whether it's training or not, what's right is what's right. Now you got situations that can't be, you know, uh settled so quickly like this mm-hmm. particular topic that we're talking about right now. So yeah. it's going to take some deliberation. It's going to take, you know, all parties there to actually discuss and, you know, work out what's what. But like we said earlier, you know, people people don't want to wait for anything. They want to go with what's quick. They want to go with what's now, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the problem I, I see with, you know, um, making change on, on uh certain things like that. So I don't know if uh I don't know how long it's gonna take before you start seeing things kinda bounce out, but mm-hmm. I think that as long as we have platforms that give people, you know, a place to speak on those things that everyone mm-hmm. isn't talking about, then you know, then you'll start to see the dynamic shift, hopefully. Yeah, and and like I said, I, for me, it's and just to cover all my bases with doing that episode, I, I plan on doing a part two. And the hardest thing that I the the issue that I'm running into is I want someone from the transgender community to come on mm-hmm. just so that they can they can speak their piece because you know I don't I don't want to do an episode and feel like I left someone out. You know, come on and you know, speak your piece. You might say, oh, well, you know, you got this wrong and I don't have a problem with being corrected. You know, that's why, I, that's why it's called We Need to Talk. You know, we're conversing. I'm learning, they're learning. And, you know, I I really want more people to, you know, like I said, get into it and come have those conversations. There's nothing wrong. I don't, you know, I don't I don't hate things because I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm willing to learn. That's not my area of expertise. Anything to do with transgender, with the transgender community, but I'm not opposed to learning. You know, just for, just so I don't say something on an episode and it comes off ignorant. Man, unfortunately, ignorant is bliss for a lot of people. If they don't know, then they can't be blamed for their actions, which isn't mm-hmm. true. You know, you gotta you gotta prepare yourself because you can be put in a situation to where you know, you can be looked at you know, as uh, bigoted or phobic, mm-hmm. and you know. So, you know, don't be a dummy. You know what I'm saying? That's all. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Do your research. It's, a, it's enough information out there, but I, you know, I think the best research is talking to and dealing with someone that's in that in that community or in that service in that area. Because reading, like you said, it could be, you could Google something mm-hmm. and it could be, you know, a, a, a great headline. You click on it and it's talking about some totally different shit. They might give you two paragraphs speaking about transgender and then you move, read further down and they're trying to sell you something or some, some crazy shit. So, you know, <laughs> have, have, that, have that conversation. Okay. So, you know, with everything that's going on, uh, as of late in 2021, one of the things I, I see brought up a lot is uh, sensitivity. Do you believe in your opinion that in our nation as a whole, we've become 
overly sensitive to things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's people people take offense to, you know, to every and anything. And I think and and I um, let me say this. I can't tell people what should or shouldn't make them feel uncomfortable or whatever. But overall, I think we are really, really sensitive now. And I think it's it's just because, of, you know, I, when the government, I think, got involved with everything where I know growing up, I got my ass whooped <laughs> by my mother. Mm-hmm. And then you got to the point to where the government kind of stepped in and was like, oh, well, you can't beat your kids anymore. And if you beat your kids, then they want to lock your parents up and all of this crazy shit. And I think that was sort of the the shift and everything going ultra sensitive. I think it started out really, really slow. And as it moved forward, it started getting worse and worse to where I don't know if a lot of people pay attention to this now. But like when teachers grade papers and stuff, they're no longer allowed to grade in red because they said red is, you know, shows anger. And I'm just like, the kids wouldn't know that if you didn't tell them that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I think that softening up and then when you get, if you want to talk sports, you have the sports where everybody gets a participation trophy <laughs> and it's just like, no, you, you know, you, they don't keep score in rec league anymore. And it's just like, well, why don't you keep score? Oh, we don't want the kids to No, They should understand winning and losing early because by not teaching them that shit young, you ever try to teach a 30-year-old man or woman what winning and losing is? I said, they don't understand what that shit is because they weren't taught when they were younger. So now that they're adults, and it's going to drift off into a whole nother topic. But I think that's why, you know, like drug use and stuff is, is up or is the way it is now. Because people don't know how to cope because they weren't taught how to deal with winning and losing. It is just a part of life. So now they get emotional and everything and... I think all, all of that just dumped, it was dumped into a pot and served to these kids now. And it's, everything is just so soft and sensitive. You can't say anything, you know, land of the free, home of the brave, all that good shit. You know, the Constitution, we can, you know, speak our mind. You can speak your mind, but there should be no but. If I have freedom of speech, I should be able to, to, to a certain there should be a cap, but I should be able to speak, say my opinion or speak my opinion without getting attacked for it. Now, if I go too far and do some crazy shit like the baby did, okay, which he was right to, to have his opinion, mm-hmm. but you know, you cross a certain line with some of the shit that he said. So, I mean, I, I think that that's part of the issue is that everything is being watered down in there. They're not teaching. They're not teaching these kids nowadays how to how to deal with anything. And I think that it should start at home because you know you have a lot of people saying that they expect for teachers and guidance counselors and you know guardians outside the house to take up that mantle when it it mm-hmm. shouldn't. It should start in the home. You know, with with basic training on manners, politeness you know, what's right and what's wrong, you know what I'm saying? So if you don't have uh, a decent, I can't even say parent, a, a decent adult mm-hmm. that's, you know what I'm saying, bringing these kids up, then how could you ever, you know, expect them to listen to someone else's teaching or knowing that, you know, to be respectful when someone's trying to educate them and, 
and learn them on, you know, <clears throat> you know, how to grow up and how to be a part of society in a sense, you know, I mean, unfortunately for us, people of colors, you know, we got to learn that. Plus we got to learn how to, you know, protect ourselves in certain situations because, you know, it's, they make rules for them. They mm -hmm. make laws for us. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. And it's, and it's sad that it's that way. And I have to, I have to teach my boys that because it's, you know, and tell them, say, yeah, everything should be fair across the board, but it, it's not, you know, like you said, law rules for them, laws for us. And it's, it sucks because for example, the, the cow, cow ridden house nonsense, mm -hmm. if that had been a black kid who crossed state lines and shot and killed, you know, it doesn't matter black or white people. That would have been all over his ass. It would have been no way in hell he was walking out that courthouse, you know, without doing some jail time. But like I said, it was a rule for him. You know, the judge was his friend and all this other shit. If it had been a black kid, the judge probably would have never looked in his direction. It would have just been trial. It would have been a straight business and nothing else. So it, it, it sucks that we have to it's good that we teach our kids that, but it sucks that we have to teach them that they're sort of two separate, you know, Americas. If you, you know, if you want to look at it that way. I mean, I, I can't put it any other way. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like, uh, we're on the other side of the veil compared to everyone else, almost everyone else in the United States, you know, mm -hmm. and the people who aren't minorities are the people that don't recognize it, especially when you got terms like that, you know? And, so. and it sucks. It, it really sucks because a good way to look at it, too, I think, is you think about um, when, you, when you're boarding the airplane, you have your first class, your middle class, and then you got your economy class all the way in the back. And for a lot of us, we're stuck in economy class. <laughs> mm -hmm. And even if we make it up to middle class, we're at the back half of the middle class. And then there's what, let's say... These numbers aren't confirmed or fact or anything, but let's just say 1% make it up to, to first class. And then with that 1% decides they want to reach back to try to help the middle class or the economy class, they shit and jump all over that, that one black person in the, in the you know, um, in first class for trying to bring other people up because they look at it and say, you know, no, no, there's not enough room for more than one you're here you worry about you being here don't worry about them and you know like i said that that that's how i see the world i haven't had too many issues with gatekeepers or people trying to redline me it has this is that something you ever deal with in your life oh yes <laughs> and it's and it's crazy the way that it um that it went down because i am i'm down here in the, in the maryland area too and okay. when I first moved down here from New Jersey, um, I had a government clearance and, <laughs> and the job that I, that I was being interviewed for the person doing my background check, it was just the biggest asshole ever. She came into the room and she looked at, looked at my resume and looked at my application and she was just like, so you mean to tell me? You lived in Patterson, New Jersey. You lived in D.C. for a little while. You lived in Arizona for a little while. And you've never been arrested? And I had to look at it. I was like, 
Not all black men get arrested. I told her straight up. I said I was too afraid of my mother to get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I can't bullshit her there. I was just like, I said, no. I said, if I ever got arrested, I would much rather the cops keep me than have to have my mother come up and get me. (laughs) And then she was just like, you know, she was just saying this to my face. It was just like, you know, it's kind of strange that you've never been in trouble. And I said, not we all don't get in trouble. I said, that's some stereotype bullshit. I'd never been in any trouble with the law. And she, you know, for the type of clearance that I was getting, I guess she found that strange that I would have that high level of a clearance and never be in trouble. And I was, what, 24, 25? And, you know, so that that's the one instance that I could really think of where I had had an issue with anything along like redlining and shit like that. She just was, she was trying to keep me from getting a clearance because she couldn't believe that my background was as clean as it still is, you know, I don't deal with the police. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but if I don't have to talk to the police or anything, then I'm not going to, you know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. There's no reason for me to be anywhere. I don't party and club and all that type of shit because I don't want to have to have any dealings or run-ins with the cops. So, you know, she found that so strange that grew up in a single parent household and had never been arrested. Yeah, that that was ignorance at its best. If anything, you know, she could have said that's rare because of what she normally deals with, but not yeah. strange. Why does it have to be strange? Like, <laughs> you know, I I, I tell you this. I, <laughs> I I tell you something I dealt with, and um, you you might find this funny, but I didn't at the time. I um, back in the day. Um, a few months after they opened up uh, the national stadiums in, in, in uh, the city, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm down off of, uh, I think it was like 7th Street, mm-hmm. and I'm walking with a friend, and I see they had a tanning uh, salon there, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm curious. I want to see what they do here, right? So I go in there, and I'm asking them questions. I'm like, what are the process y'all do for tanning, right? And they was telling me that they do the spray tan. They do have the actual tanning beds, and then they got like uh, some type of like lotion or some cream that you use to tan, right? So mm-hmm. she's telling me like, you know, what's the effectiveness of it and things like that. And then I asked her, how much does all that cost? And she looked at me in my face and said, "For who?" I was like, I, "It doesn't matter who. I just want to know how much it costs." She's like, "But who's the tan for?" And I'm like, "I can't." I can't know the price. Is it because I'm black? Like, come on now. I, I know I'm not getting a tan, but I'm just curious. I might know somebody who needs a tan. She went in her back and she's like, I'll be right back. She went in the back and was there for like two minutes and came back with a manager. And she asked me, what, you know, was there an issue or anything? I said, no, I just I asked her for the price for, you know, the tanning process. And she said, and, and she said, for who? And I'm like, bruh, are you serious? Like maybe I want to get a gift card for somebody or something, you know, mind your business. Just tell me the damn price. <laughs> so, you know, it, my life, I'm, I'm used to crazy shit happening to me. You know, mm-hmm. I have all types of wild situations that happen me with, it's, you know, which is uh, the reason I created my show. So I could I could share my stories with not just my friends, but with the world. Like uh, another crazy thing that happened um I'm actually, I'm standing outside of my old job and 
uh, it's this food truck that comes up like once or twice a week and everyone's out there, you know what I'm saying, getting their food or whatever. And I'm looking at my phone and this little Asian lady walks up to me and she has a, a cooler full of like ribs and steaks and shit, right? <laughs> and she's showing them to me saying, you know, this one's $10, this one's $20, how, you know, how much you want, I know you want to get it. And I'm like, I said, nah, I, actually I'm vegan, right? I'm just fucking with it, right? Mm-hmm. Her smile disappeared and she turned into like a gremlin. She was like, you ain't no fucking vegan and walked <laughs> off. I was like, why can't I be vegan? And your black blacks aren't vegan, according to her. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm glad I came up in the era I did because, you know, I'm not the type of person that's going to mostly respond to something like that, you know. And more like, you know, of course, you know, I came up in the uh, early 90s. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know what I'm saying? We got our ass whooped. And that's why my records claim. And I've never been arrested officially. You know what I'm saying? So I could pass a background test, you know, say a background check. And you can't say that for a lot of 15 year olds from this generation. You know what I'm saying? Not not at all. And and like I said, I guess that's why, you know, they they find it so hard to believe. And even, you know, you could tell some you could tell some black, some black people that never been arrested. Like you ain't never been in trouble. No, I'm just like, I don't. For the most part, I don't put myself in situations where I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> I'm like, I, because I, I'll tell people this and I'll tell anybody that'll listen. I was that one person and my friends all knew this growing up in New Jersey. Don't do no shit around me. I said, because I'm going to tell. I'm not going to jail for none of you You call me a snitch all you want. I'm not going to jail for any of y'all. And I'm straightforward with it. So they knew that they were going to do some shit. Nah, we <laughs> let's. Let's leave him here. We, we'll see you when we get back. Okay, cool. Because if I don't know, I can't talk about shit. But like I said, at the end of the day, if I get arrested, you leave me there. Don't call my mother. <laughs> leave, leave my ass right there. So I got to choose between telling on the people that I was with or dealing with my mother. You motherfuckers going to jail. <laughs> oh, snitch all you want. I'm straightforward. I think snitching is, is some stupid shit, but if I tell you up front, I'm going to tell. That's your choice if you want me with you or not. Oh, man. I, I got to keep that in mind for future references. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I told him. I said, hey, I said my mother was no nonsense. I'm like, you imagine that shit. You get locked up. You do whatever time you got to do. Then I still got to go home and deal with my mother. Nah. <laughs> what was it like coming up in Jersey? It wasn't honestly. It wasn't. It wasn't as bad. Patterson now has changed a whole lot from when I was growing up. Because back then, I could you know walk from one end of Patterson to the other with no issues. Now you know you have gangs all over Patterson, just like a lot of other you know cities and shit. So now it's totally different. But for me, everybody. <laughs> from other parts of Patterson swore that I grew up on the bougie side of town because I grew up in a house, which is, you know, another bullshit that they teach, that they taught us growing up. Oh, you know, he's from the projects. He lives in the house. His family got money. Hey, you don't know what struggles we went through. We 
running, you know, extension cord from your neighbor house to keep your lights on and shit. Just because you didn't know about it mm -hmm. didn't mean I wasn't going through shit. But, you know, it was, it was cool. You know, my mother had a, a lot of freedom. My mother was working all the time. So I was always out and about. But I still never got in any trouble. It was, you know, I played basketball, I played football, I played baseball. So I was, for the most part, I was always busy. Mm. So, you know, childhood was, was great. I couldn't complain or really ask for anything more. Yeah, man. <clears throat> I, uh, I, I often dream about the days uh, of returning to me being younger, but I had no responsibilities or oh, yeah. I wasn't focused on gas prices. I remember the first time I put gas in my own vehicle and I want to say it was like 29 cents or something like that. Mm-hmm. It, it might have been 29. I'm not even for sure. I know it was less than a dollar. And I haven't seen less than a dollar in 20 some odd years. You feel me? So <laughs> they, they, this, the generation that we're, you know, have the privilege of, of we see, they see, we see coming up. Mm -hmm. They have no idea how different things were. And, you know, I'm not saying I was in the best of situation. I was in the one bedroom paying mm -hmm. like, I think it was like six seventy or something like that, maybe seven hundred dollars, and maybe electric and water. I think that was the only other thing I was paying. But at that time, I was making like ten dollars an hour, you know. So it's 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 different. So you know, without that, without struggle, you don't know what it's like to be. Um, how can I put this? I don't want to say comfortable. Mm -hmm. But above, you know, what I'm saying not just, you know, what I'm saying not just getting by because right now I feel as though I'm I'm not just getting by. But, you know, I, I you know, I could be doing a lot better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I, I agree. And I always tell my kids that. And and I ask you this. Do you think that we that we make our kids soft, you know, nowadays? Because for me, my wife and I always tell our kids, like, we work as hard as we work. So that you wouldn't have to struggle and deal with what we have to deal with growing up. Like I said, I never really gotten any trouble, anything like that. But like I said, shit, I remember running the extension cord from the neighbor's house to our house to keep the lights on, burning candles, opening the oven to heat the house, shit like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I tell my kids all the time because my youngest son, out of my three boys, my youngest son swear money grows on trees. He sees something, let's go get it. Yeah, we got to, you know, wait till payday or wait till I take care of this. Yeah, you got money. You got a credit card, <laughs> you know, and that's just how you see stuff. But, you know, when we were coming up, it was, uh, you know, you got to wait till next paycheck or wait till Christmas and things like that. So I think that. So do you think that we spoil overly spoil our kids just so they won't have to get, I, I guess, go through the realization that we have to go through? I wouldn't consider it spoiling. That's more of a, the grandparents department because, <laughs> you know, if, if they, if they, you know what I'm saying? If they home with us, mm -hmm. then you get what you get when I allow you to. But mm -hmm. when they're out the house and they with people that's, that's only with them temporary, they're going to give them whatever they want because it's an enjoy to be around them. But also they ain't got to deal with them at the end of the night. You know what I'm saying? They ain't got to, they ain't got to bathe them and feed them most of the time. So they send them back home fired up and accustomed to a lifestyle to get what they want. So, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think so, but mm -hmm. also at the same time, 
you have to you have to be real careful with the freedoms you give them because if you if you give them the the mindset that they think that whenever they ask for something they can get it or because of the way they act out they'll get they'll get what they want and then that's how that's how they end up spoiled because they take that mentality out into the real world and just because you cry for something doesn't mean you're gonna get it that's not how it works yeah and and that's a the realization we have to you know get our youngest son too because for him he he understands because what we started doing is we started giving him like an allowance mm-hmm. so, oh i want these pokemon cards or whatever okay go into your you go you know go into your money take out how much is it ten dollars a whole ten dollars you want it it's coming out of your money so it's going to teach you you either buy this now give up this ten dollars or you take five dollars now. Take five dollars the next time you get your allowance, and you buy it then. So now he's starting to really understand the value of money, and it's not just oh, I see it, I want it, let's go get it now. Mm-hmm. So I mean that that's how we kind of, you know, curtailed his <laughs> his so called wild spending in his head because he see mommy and daddy have credit cards. Like no son, those are debit cards. It's another <laughs> <laughs> form of cash. Those are, those are debit cards. <laughs> That's that's good to install that regimen into them. I think that if everyone thought that way, we wouldn't have a, a generation where babies was raising babies. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got at least for me, there has been a lot of younger and younger people um, having kids, and mm-hmm. when you when you see a grandmother that's like in their forties. That's yeah. a you know back in the day that was a rarity, but now that's more often than not now. You know what I mean? So commonplace, yeah. So I'm just like, depending on that family dynamic, how could somebody who let's say is 16 or 17 mm-hmm. raise a a child when they're still a child? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they they they're not going to find themselves probably for another 10 or 12 years, if that. You know, it's a lot of people in their 40s, you know, coming to a realization that, you know, they haven't been who they wanted to be all their life, you know? Yeah, and that, that's the sad part. Like you said, when you see 35, you know, 35-year-old grandmothers and stuff, and it's just like, you know, I, you know, knock on wood, <laughs> I'm 40-plus, I'm, I'm 42, no grandkids and shit, and I'm just like, that's... That's all you can ask for nowadays, because like you said, it's younger and younger, 16, 17 year old fathers. And, you know, shit, you got 13, you know, 13 year old girls pregnant, all, all sorts of wild shit. So it's it's crazy. Do you think uh, social media is like a uh, should be considered an added blame and responsible for like the uh, the actions of these kids? Because. You know, a lot of people putting blame on a, a a tool that people are supposed to use for one thing, but they treat it like it's another. I mean, in a in a perfect world, hell yes, I would love to blame social media, but in real in all reality, it's the parents' fault. I mean, you have to, like you said earlier, you gotta you know monitor, you gotta keep an eye on your kids and what they're watching, how long they're on, you know, TikTok. And you know, um, Instagram and Snapchat, all that shit. You you know that it's it's more of the parents' fault than it is social media. And I think the people that solely blame social media are just trying to pass the buck. 
No, it's not me. If they didn't have social media, no. If you have an eye on your child or, you know, spent more time with them, then no, they wouldn't have a chance to be on uh, social media for eight, nine hours a day. Because with the iPhone, I know my phone does it. At the end of the week, it, it'll give me a, a detailed log of how much time I was on social media. Mm. So I'm like, so if you ever want to know how long your child's been on there, just pull that pull that uh, thing up in your phone. And it's not an app you download. It's built into your iPhone. You just pull that up and click on it, and it'll tell you you were on uh, Twitter for this long. You were on Facebook for this long. And it, and it breaks it all down. So, I mean, it's I think it's just parents not wanting to accept responsibility that, that find it okay to solely blame social media on all of the nonsense with the kids. The thing I don't get is if you use... Uh a device or a TV to raise your kid, how could you blame something else when you decide to make that the babysitter? You you put an iPad in the kid's hand and you leave for a couple of hours to do whatever, then mm. that's all they know. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's like, hey, it either either you don't want to be a I guess an overbearing parent Mm-hmm. Or you want somebody else to raise your kid or something else to raise your kid. Because that's what's going to happen. You can't have it both ways. You know what I'm saying? I mean, thank God that you, because um, there's a lot of people out here who neglect their kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I'm saying? Drop them off to uh, family members or whatever and, and go do their thing. And, you know, and I don't, you know, I don't condone. I, I don't, <clears throat> I don't like to, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, pick at you know how people raise their kids, but mm-hmm. I also like them to acknowledge all the actions that causes you know problems behind the way they do it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you know what I'm saying be self aware about the situation. Don't just you know blame it on your uh, child's father or your child's mother or whatever. Like you know what I'm saying you have to be a responsible adult. You have to be a parent and a guardian, which means you're not just watching what they watching on TV, like you, you're, you're molding their mind, you're molding mm-hmm. their emotions. You know what I'm saying? You're creating, Oh, I ain't gonna say you're creating, but you're educating them outside of school on mm-hmm. becoming, you know what I'm saying? The next version of you, a better version of you. Cause that's what you want. You want, you want the, you want them to be better than you and, and you want your grandkids to be better than them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but like I said, it's, and it, I think it all trickles back to what we were saying earlier, where they, the kids, they don't know winning or winning or losing, and it goes back to that. And it's like I said, the parents they want to have a good time. They don't know how to sit still and and raise their kids. It's just like oh, YouTube, I don't know, Yo Gabba Gabba or something's on. You mm-hmm. sit them down in front of the TV. You know, sit there and watch Yo Gabba Gabba for this amount of hours or whatever the case is. Or they're picking the kids up, like I said, dropping it off at grandma's house. And they're at grandma's house for the entire weekend. And just so that they can run around and party. I'm not talking about the people that legitimately have to go to work and can't find a babysitter. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm talking about the ones that just, you know, they're kids. They're damn selves. So they want to have fun instead of realizing that playtime is over. And like I said, I think that goes back to the whole thing with the sports and stuff. If they don't understand that there's a time for play and then there's a time to be serious. So their their thing is nope, it's always play time. No matter no matter what. 
Yeah, that's a that's a that's a bad mindset to have, especially when it comes to dealing with you know situations that could you know affect your future. You know, not just your health, but you know everything. You know, financially, uh, uh, <clears throat> background wise, and everything. Like, it only takes one one decision can change your life. Can change you for the rest of your life. Can you know what I'm saying? Can alter your your path, you know what I'm saying? It, just like uh, they say, uh, you know how they say that, you know, once a, a person does like a certain drug for the first time, they'll mm-hmm. never be right again. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people like to toe that line and, 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 and you know, tempt fate. Like, don't get me wrong. The, the benefits of doing crack would be I would lose a lot of weight, but mm-hmm. I can't stop doing crack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm gonna die to to achieve a goal. I, I I could just work hard for. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. other people don't they don't see it that way. You know they see it as I'm invincible. You know I can I can do whatever because that's how I was raised. So you gotta you gotta you gotta break that mindset as well. You know what I'm saying? Like like you were saying about you know kids being spoiled. You know and you, you got to also instill emotional intelligence because oh, yeah. a lot of people don't even understand that concept, you know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, teaching kids to have better temperaments, you know, because if, if you're not right, how could you, how could you teach somebody else, you know, and, and that goes back to being self-aware. And that's yeah. what a lot of people don't, they don't even realize it. Like they'll, they'll have certain ticks or qualms about them that, you know, people bring up to them later on in life. But like, if just like when you were younger, right? It's, uh, it's all types of stuff that I know that my mother did that wasn't right. But I had mm-hmm. to wait till I was adult before I brought it up to her. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> I like my teeth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I understand. But, but a lot of that, like you said, is that this participation trophy Era. Nobody wants to work hard. Mm-hmm. They just, you know, oh, well, shit, when I was playing flag football, I never got on the field, but I got a ribbon. I got a, you know, I got a medal. And, it, and it's the same thing with life. They they look at it nowadays and it's, well, why would I do all of that when I could just sit back and, and it's given to me? And then, like you said, they, they take that from adolescent, you know, teenage, right into adulthood. And then when they get checked as an adult, they, they're ready to lose their mind. No, it, it should be given to me. I shouldn't have to work at it to, to get what I want. And it's just stupid little cycle that, that's going to continue, you know, with, with not wanting to work hard. And some of the blame I give to the adults on social for social media, not the kids, the mm-hmm. adults, they see the, the IG influencers, they see the YouTube stars and all this other shit like, oh, I could just sit home and do this. No, it looks easy. There's work that goes into that shit. You mm-hmm. may you only see the finished product. Hour. Yeah, yeah. You see the finished product. You see that hour that they did, but you don't know they spent five, six hours working on this. And it's the, the you know the the participation trophy. It should be given to me. It should be the, the microwave generation. Everything right now. I do this for make a three minute video. I should have a million hits on this video. <laughs> you know, shit like that. It doesn't work that way, but but that's how they see it. So, 
what's one of the things that you don't see anymore that you miss? Like, of course, you know, there's no need for Blockbuster no more, but Blockbuster was an experience for me back in the day. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I used to go there, you know, uh, grab a couple movies, you know, flirt with some cashiers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I'm saying? I spend, I don't know, $20 or whatever. And, you know, I have a good time, you know what I'm saying, watching the latest movies or whatever. But stuff like that and drive-ins, um, you know, you can't get that life experience no more. So, you know, a lot of these kids are really missing out, you know, on stuff like that because everything's in-house or brought to them. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll say one thing that I miss. Honestly, miss seeing the seeing the kids outside because remember when we were growing up mm-hmm. we were never in the house we out in the street and it sounds bad you breaking somebody's window because you're playing baseball <laughs> in the street you know you running you know playing tackle football in the street all, all that type of stuff you don't see any of that now so i kind of i kind of miss that because now you drive <clears throat> you drive down the street if you see people outside they're hanging out they're not playing they're not throwing the football around they're not you know, hanging a crate up, playing basketball. You don't see any of that type of stuff. So I do miss those types of things. But um, if I had to go to Blockbuster, I'd say <laughs> the one thing I miss about Blockbuster was if you didn't have that game system, you could go to Blockbuster and rent that system <laughs> for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> On Nintendo 64, I'm going to go to Blockbuster. I'm going to rent that, <laughs> that Nintendo 64 for the weekend, and I'm going to have a good time doing this. But it's just little because I'm I'm very simple, but I do miss little things like that because I send my kids out, my youngest son, I send him outside, and it's just like, well, can I take my iPad? Hell no, he's going outside. <laughs> you don't need your iPad outside, you know. It's just so. I mean, part of that is like I say again, my fault as a parent. It's just like all right, I got to do this. Sit on your iPad for a minute, and then now when you send him outside, it's almost like like you're killing him. Because, I mean, little little stupid things. You know, I, I want to go outside. Okay, you go outside 10 minutes later. Can I come back in? No, I said, shit, when I was your age, I would go outside. My mother would have to drag me back in the house. It wasn't no, can I come back in? So, yeah, those, those are some of the things that I that I miss. Man, the good old days. I, uh, I think one of the stupidest things that I ever saw was a video of you know what I'm saying like some kids at a party but everybody was on their phone and I'm just like what <laughs> what's the what's the point of y'all being here it's it's music you got you got girls here like what are y'all doing y'all standing there showing off your outfits taking pictures and stuff like that's not a party when I was a kid and I went to parties man we was we was freaking in some more shit you know what I'm saying so trying to get a, Trying to get close to the light switch to turn the lights off. <laughs> exactly. Red light action. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I think that um I think that, you know, we should we should, you know what I'm saying, we should do a reset, you know? Mm-hmm. We should restrict uh, certain things and, and you know, have them get it out the mud like we did because we used to 
you know, we used to arrange weekends back in the day where somebody folks would go out of town. We clear the furniture out the living room. We put that in the back room. We get a we get a table. We listening to the radio and, and you know what I'm saying we in there partying. You know what I'm saying. So they don't do that no more. Like don't get me wrong, it's more convenient for them to arrange things through the technology. But mm-hmm. convenience and you know actual you know actually living life. You know what I'm saying. Like I think that's the difference there. They're experiencing life, but they're not living it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that, and it sounds bad, but, it, you know, I think if there was a, like, I'm trying to remember what year that was when we had the, a, a total blackout up and down the East Coast. I think they need something like that to happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just so if all technology is down, just to see how they how they would function. I think it was 2002 from I think Detroit all the way down I was still in Jersey at that time so yeah everything went out we just sat on the porch and you know you talk to your neighbor the kids run around outside because I think the power was out for I want to say 10 to 12 hours something like that mm-hmm. it was just like you know and I think that's what this generation needs because if they can't get on their phone they're going to have to find another way to entertain themselves so like you said a total reset would would be great it would drive some of these kids crazy because then they would actually <laughs> have to communicate face to face with people but it, it's needed man you you will see kids turn into vampires and some more stuff <laughs> like they the sun hit their skin and they just back up they they not used to that <clears throat> they not used to mosquitoes they not used to wanting to stay out but knowing that when the lights come on you got to run back home well that's your ass you know what i'm saying exactly better better be on this porch if i look out there you're not on the porch i'm coming to get you man i can't do it summer vacation used to be the the goal set for school i wasn't worried about passing i was worried about when summer was going to come back because that mean i got you know, 80-some days before I got to come back here. And not only mm-hmm. that, I get to hang with, you know what I'm saying, some of my closest friends. We, you know, we, we went places and we didn't, you know what I'm saying, we didn't go to Six Flags all the times, like, you know what I'm saying, like they have an opportunity to do, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's that's cool to, you know what I'm saying, to raise kids now to give them chances to do stuff like that, but don't make it a necessity, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a luxury for them, and I think... That's the difference that a lot of parents don't understand. You know what I'm saying? They act like if they don't if they don't do the must they if they don't do the most then that's bad parenting. No, that's not what it is. Educating mm-hmm. them what life really is 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 what it, it means to be a parent, you know? Yeah, I mean my kid, my kids still get to experience that. I mean my my two oldest, not so much. I mean, well, not anymore. I have a twenty year old that's about to be twenty one. And a 16-year-old. So with the 16, with my now 16-year-old and my 9-year-old son, every summer, they go to Florida with Grandma. <laughs> Get to experience <laughs> life with Grandma all summer. And Grandma's not playing that shit. You're not going to be on your phone all day. Put your phone down. We going to the basketball court. Y'all going to ride bikes. All that type of stuff. So, I mean, my, my kids still get that. You know, but, you know, I... And and it's a blessing because, like I said, I know with us being adults now and working the way that we have to work to mm. keep lights on and you know food in the fridge, all that type of shit, we don't get the same luxuries that that we had, you know, that we were afforded growing up. 
Because if you think about it, like now, the neighborhood that we live in, I swear I think my kids may be the only kids in this area. Wow. <laughs> so it's just like if I send them outside, I have to sit outside with them, you know, because I'm like, I'm, I don't want to have to worry about somebody driving up and snatching one of them or something. Or if, I, or if they are outside and I'm not out there, take the dog outside with you. I know anybody going to come up here and bother y'all with the dog outside. So it's... it's yeah, those those type of things. And you're taking me back. I'm not, when we get off here, I'm gonna take my kids outside. I'll no. <laughs> <laughs> get the basketball and the football out the trunk. We gonna do something. <laughs> hey man, I'm glad I could inspire you to do something like that. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you this, man. Since you started your show, um, what has been uh, one of the highlights you've had? Um, that came from it, whether it be like a personal connection or a goal you accomplish. I say, I would say it, a personal personal connections is it, it was big for me because, like I said, I'm I'm more of an introvert. I don't mm -hmm. consider myself a big people person, but doing this podcasting thing, it kind of forces you to be a people person. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, coming into it. it I never intended it for to or for this to turn into a podcast, but um, some of the connections that I that I've made, you know, I think at this point would you know would be lifelong friendships for me because I don't take <laughs> to a whole lot of people. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I like over this past summer, you know, I got to I got to hang out with uh with Dell, mm -hmm. uh, Dell P from Man Cave. I got to hang out with uh, with Simone from the uh, Ladies Lair podcast and things like that. And at the beginning of this, could have never foreseen shit like that happening just because of, you know, my personality and stuff. So the connections that I've made and, you know, I have a couple couple things that, you know, that I'm working on now where, you know, now that I know that for sure that you're in Maryland, because I listened to one of your episodes and I remember hearing you saying Landover. <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, there's a couple other people. You know, I'll talk to you offline about it, but that that's in Maryland, and I'm like, shit, we can just do connect and do a Maryland, you know, a live Maryland episode or, or some shit. Yeah. I'm not from here, but I've been here for 18 going on 19 years now, so I'm like, uh, I'm officially a Marylander. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, actually, uh, uh, I hit up uh, I hit up Lamp from Conversation with Lamp. And um, talking about uh, doing something, and I was talking to Jr. about that from uh, West Virginia and Collinsway. So, mm -hmm. yeah, most definitely, I, I, I'm de I'm down for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah, we're not that far apart. Because I was just talking to uh, uh, to Lamp too, and he's not that far from me now. I talked to him the other day, so I'm like, yeah. So we got to connect. Like I said, do do something live. I said I think that that's one thing that has been talked about that at least from what I've seen that hasn't been done in person, you know, like two, three, maybe even four podcasts get together and do a, do a big collab show. So that, that'll be something interesting to do where we're all in one place recording together. I'm all for that. Most definitely. So 2021, um, I think at the end of, you know, 2020 that, you know, that got us over one hump and mm -hmm. It's almost like that second tick on a roller coaster, but mm -hmm. things kind of leveled out. And for the most part, you know, it's been pretty good because last year I was like you, you know, like my show was an idea for me. 
three mm-hmm. years ago. But last year, you know what I'm saying, gave me the opportunity and the push because I had no excuse because I had nothing else to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, after, you know, $1,500 in equipment and, and 10 bad audio episodes, I, I, I hit my groove and, I, <laughs> you know, I got to where I, I wanted to be and now I'm here and now, I'm, you know, I'm co-hosting another show. I'm, I'm, I'm writing the scripted series. Um, I'm working on two other shows that I'm about to put out there. These are, these weren't even thoughts in my head, you know, last June when I started, but now I'm busier than ever with, you know, things that I feel passionate about. So it's not work for me. It's, it's something that keeps me going. So, you know, that's, that's one of the highlights for me, you know what I'm saying? I, that I got out of the show because now all those thoughts aren't, you know what I'm saying? Just sit in the back of my head. They go from thought to paper to mm-hmm. paper to reality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I definitely get that. And, and I'm the same way. I, I thought, like, when I took a break over the summer, mm-hmm. you know, I really found myself missing the show. <laughs> it was just <laughs> like, like, damn, all right. I didn't record the first week. It was just like, all right, cool. I took a week off. On the third week, I'm walking around with my laptop and equipment. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to set this shit up somewhere. I'm going to record something. (laughs) So, you know, and it it was the same for me because for me, I have all of these thoughts in my head. And the thing that, that, like you said, forced me to do this was the pandemic because I'm I'm a playwright also. And I was right at the pandemic when it hit. I think either in two weeks, two or three weeks, I was planning on doing my first play on my own, the pandemic hit. So I got all of these ideas running through my head. I was just like, well, shit, can't let the creative juices die. You know, George Floyd podcast. And I was just like, well, no better way to get my ideas out there than to jump out there, you know, and talk about what I want to talk about. And, you know, and I haven't walked away from the plays and stuff, but the podcast, I, I'm having more fun doing the podcast and stuff than <laughs> than the plays right now. Man, that's the beautiful thing about uh, this, uh, I don't want to say this brotherhood, but this community that we find ourselves a part of, you know, I think that uh, the the platform and the, uh, the places that we can express our artistic freedoms, you know, really shines a light and it's inspirational, really. You know, because yeah. I got the idea from my show from another podcast that it, it isn't up anymore. But, man, when it was, it was just it was so dope. And I'm just like, man, they don't even look like they working. They just look like they having fun. And I was like, yeah. that's that's what I want. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, it happened for me. And, you know, I was I was fortunate enough to inspire somebody else to, you know, they didn't start a podcast, but they started a YouTube channel. Cause it's, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Um, they always wanted to like, uh, do something with like gaming or whatever. And okay. I was like, man, that, that, that filled me, you know what I'm saying? That filled my heart right there. Cause I was like, damn, I, I accomplished my goal. I wanted to inspire somebody to, you know, don't sit, not say necessarily sit on the ass, but don't, don't hold back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, try Cause you never know what's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I definitely do. I, I tell, I make sure, and I know my kids get tired of me hearing me say this, but I told him, I said, you won't find any more talent in this world than in a graveyard. Mm. I said, a lot of people hold on to their ideas. 
you know, afraid to put it out or, you know, afraid of what the critiques and things they're going to get. I said a lot of people die with ideas and good, you know, great talent in the graveyard that, that, that the world could have used. So, I, you know, like you said, to, to inspire somebody to do something, because I think it's great when you get a DM or something. Hey, you mind if I, you know, talk to you about how you got your podcast started? No, go, go ahead. No, I don't want to record it for a show. I'm like, if you want to ask a question, by all means, because I'll tell anybody, I don't have no big, fancy, elaborate setup. <laughs> it's just mm -hmm. because at first I was like, I don't want to put too much money into it because I don't know where I'm going to go with it. At first, like you said, for me, it was just something to do during the pandemic. And I didn't think it was going to continue afterwards. So, you know, one thing led to another. End up buying a new computer, new laptop. <clears throat> End up buying a ring light and all of these different things. Because at first, I wasn't thinking about no lighting and all this shit. It was just mm -hmm. sit down, get Zoom, press record, and go. And <laughs> that's it. You know, you know, hundreds of dollars later, you're sitting up there looking at it and you're like... All right, I got to do something with this shit. And that's part of the reason why I'm like you. I, it, it's something great. I don't feel that, that it's work. Mm. You know what I mean? I enjoy doing it. It's not like somebody hit me up and said, hey, you want to record a show? And I'm like, God damn it again. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's just like, shit, let's go. You know, I mean, one night I did three shows in one night. And my wife go, you, you know, you don't want to take a break. I'm like, nah, hell no. I'm like. When people stop paying attention, when people don't want to hear me anymore, that's when I stop doing it. <laughs> just somebody's come on, man. Enough, enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be cut to think about it. You, you coming up on on a year pretty soon, right? Actually, because I I wasn't paying attention. Um, I did an episode. I want to say probably a month ago. Now next year, when. Where's George Floyd anniversary? Because I did, I literally did it two weeks, I think, after he got killed is when I did recorded my first episode. It wasn't a podcast. It was mm -hmm. me and a couple of my family members and friends back in Jersey. <laughs> we got on Zoom. I pressed record. And we just, you know, we were talking. I, I didn't record the very first one. We were actually just talking. And then somebody said, shit, these are good conversations. You should put them out. So I actually started posting on YouTube. And then somebody told me, it was like, you should try doing a podcast. So I rolled into this. So actually, next year would be two years for me. I didn't celebrate my one-year anniversary because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So whenever George Floyd anniversary comes up, my anniversary is, a, is two doing weeks that after. thing. We had two weeks after. So, yeah, next year actually would be two years for me. So I, I, I plan on celebrating that since I skipped over the first one. <laughs> oh man, congrats, man. That's dope. Thank you. Thank I, uh, you. I'm glad that you uh that you decided to, you know, take that advice and make that happen because otherwise we wouldn't be having this conversation, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I would have missed out on a lot of a lot of great connections and you know that that that's really big for me because coming into it I was telling myself, I was like, who the fuck am I going to talk to? <laughs> I said, I know, you know, I'm not a big talker. And then, like I said, as, as things went along and, and, and I actually, I can, I could say this, which, you know, some people might find shocking, but I could give a uh, smash a little shout out for that because he, he was one of the first people that reached out to me when I early mm -hmm. in doing my podcast, he reached out to me. It was like, Hey, check this out, blah, blah, blah. And then that's how I started meeting all of the other people was through K 
connecting with him and then I started connecting with other people. But it was, you know, it, yeah, if I didn't do, if I didn't continue with it, wouldn't be sitting here now with you. I wouldn't have had the connections that I had with, you know, with all of the other podcasts with Lamp, um, Life Unplugged, uh, Dell, Ladies Lair, So Problematic, Cool Out Corner. Man. All you know, and it's a whole bunch of other people, but I don't want to run down a whole list. <laughs> but, oh yeah, you know, you know what I mean. All all of those people that I'm cool with, I I wouldn't have had an opportunity to meet them. So yeah, the, the podcasting has has done a lot for me. Oh yeah, I, um, I haven't met uh, Uncle Dolomite in person, but I, I plan on uh having a conversation with him one of these days. Um, Kendra. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Ken, we worked together in the past. The mm-hmm. Juan, of course. Eric, he's over there in uh, Cleveland. So, you know, uh, it's actually, you know, it it all started with IG. You make a couple posts. People share. Next thing you know, you know, uh, you get you get dropped in a group chat. And now, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, now, now you you linking and you making connections and, you know, it's, it's, it's all over the place. And the beautiful thing about that is, you know, at least for everyone that I've been in contact with, they they aren't selfish. They share information. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it ain't no um, it ain't no BS, at least, at least for me. You know what I'm saying? I can't speak yeah. for everybody else. You know, situations come up when you know, some things happen, you know, off camera, but hey, that ain't got nothing to do with me. If, if it's nah. one thing you should, you should know about me, I got a PhD in minding my business. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> the great, greatest PhD to have. Man, and it ain't cost me nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. Oh, man. All right. So now I'm going to switch things up and I'm going to ask you this. Uh, Jordan or LeBron? <laughs> LeBron, but I always tell people the reason for that is I'm a Knicks fan. Jordan tortured my Knicks. <laughs> 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 but I but I'm not, I'm honest enough to say I don't think we would have a, you know, a LeBron, Kobe, Grant Hill, all of these people without Jordan. But I'm I'm going with LeBron. <laughs> Okay. Okay. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, gravitate to, I guess you could say who's winning now opposed mm-hmm. to who said something, uh, who did it first. You know what I mean? Because, you know, people, they, they call Jordan the goat, but it's like, did he do what Will Chamberlain did? You know, did he do with, uh, uh, What's my man name from? Uh, did he do what Magic Johnson did? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Julius Irvin. Like, so it's, you know, if Lynn Bias never died, would Jordan exist? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, I saw an interview or something that Jordan, that where they were talking to Jordan, and he said Lynn Bias gave him the toughest time when he was at Maryland. Mm-hmm. I always remember that. Like I said, it's always that, that, that what if. And, you know, and like I said, who's to say, and we all know somebody that we grew up around or knew in high school or something that had the talent that just didn't get that that didn't get that break or you know when they got to the fork in the road they went left instead of going right so there, there I'm sure there was somebody out there that played basketball against Jordan in high school or even in college that was better than him Len Bias 
that you know things you know situations happen you know where where he ended up ODing and so you know so we we never know but I, I mean I can say this too I was never a LeBron fan in the beginning I was a big Carmelo fan him coming out of Syracuse mm -hmm. yeah after watching LeBron's game it's just like god damn you can't deny this man's talent it's he he's something special I don't care about the record and him going to 11 finals and only winning four. I mean, if you talk to people that know basketball, I could run down a list of people that would kill to be four and 11 in the finals. Carl Malone, Patrick Ewan, mm, <laughs> you know, all those legends that, that retired with no rings. They would kill to have the, you know, to be four and 11 in the finals. Man, oh man, oh man. Taking it back. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Biggie or Tupac? Biggie. Biggie? Is it, a, is it the New York thing? <laughs> no, not, I mean, I'm, to me, I, I'm super honest with music. Mm -hmm. Love good music. I think Machiavelli is, is Tupac's greatest album. That's to me personally. I know some people say Tupacalypse, All Eyes on Me, whatever the case is. So I have all of the, all of that music. I mm -hmm. listen to everything. But now Biggie, I just heard it more in New York, so I got to well in New Jersey, so I got to get familiar with it. And but I but I'll say this as a caveat: if you ask me, like my top ten rappers, Biggie and Tupac would not be in it. Okay, who who's your top five? Top five, I'd say um, Jay Z, Nas, um, two more without trying to be. <laughs> Oh, kind of, no. <laughs> um, Jay Z and I is definitely one and two. Oof. No Scarface. See, I I didn't get I didn't get a lot of Scarface. I would put Ice Cube in there. Okay. Scarface. Um, uh, the song we did, um, Smile, mm -hmm. and On My Block. Love those songs. Those are the two songs that I really know from Scarface. Mm -hmm. If you ask him to go through his catalog, I'm sure he got some stuff that I don't know about. But I would definitely say Scar love Scarface. But that, you know, once I got older and I got to listening to it, I'll put him in there. Um, but I would say Ice Cube. I would say, see, I, lo I love Cool G, right? But to me, he doesn't have enough music mm -hmm. that I would say that I would put him in my top five. But I would say Big Daddy Kane. Okay. And Rock Kim. Yes, sir. See that's what I'm talking about. You 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 a man that know about lyricists. You know about MCs. Yeah. You know what yes, I'm saying? Yeah. It's it's a lot of rappers. It ain't too many MCs out here. You know what they, I'm saying? <laughs> I know people fail to realize that, you know, I get asked all the time, well, what about Eminem? And I said, No knock on Eminem. I said, I've never been a big Eminem fan. I think he's very talented and creative. Mm -hmm. I said, but I don't I wouldn't put him in my in my top five. I like what, you know, we dug with his wordplay, but to me, his albums are shit. They'll give you, <laughs> they give you a couple of good songs, but the albums aren't aren't usually that good. So, a lot of people would consider him a great performer who can't be put in a box. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You give him the word triangle and hippopotamus, he's gonna make it rhyme with something. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But you know. A lot of black people say they'll never put him in the top five cause, just because he's white. But, you know, music has no color. Not really. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because 
hip hop is the culture. You know what I'm saying? Rap is a part of the culture. You know what I'm saying? So now if, because you know, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but Scarface said he'll do a versus, but he wants to battle Cube. So Cube will have to agree to it because Mm -hmm. really, yeah, that he doesn't really have another match as far as time in the game and catalog that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, you can match with. Because like I say to myself all the time, I would love to see outcast versus, but can't nobody see them. I think if you I think if you did outcast, you would I think you only group I say that you could I think that would come close would be maybe Wu Tang. I can't think of another group that would no, it, have, it, no. It, would, it would have to be a duo because it's, it was it's, it was Andre yeah. and uh, and three stacks. I mean, uh, yeah, big boy and three stacks. But if it was Dungeon Family and Wu Tang, then you know I could see that happening because they they rosters deep. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, if you're talking two man group, man, they they're really. There really isn't anybody. I mean, I'm not a Mob Deep fan, but I don't think Mob Deep has enough. No. Um, MO, I mean, and I go deep into it, like MOP, MOP. A lot of people don't know enough about MOP for, <laughs> yeah. for them to be put out there. Onyx. Onyx isn't everybody's cup of tea. You got to really like Onyx in order to to even try and do something like that. But I don't even think Onyx will have enough commercial and not saying that the outcast is commercial but they don't have enough hits airplay to where people could say you know what that that'd be a great matchup you would have to really sit down and listen to onyx all of their albums to to appreciate what they did but yeah i don't think there's anybody if you're talking to a two-man group that can go up against the outcast nah onyx had early crunk energy and now that everybody's ready for that before the before the crunk was you know was a thing that was them yeah most definitely most definitely all right so i'm gonna hit you with this last one and i'm gonna let you go okay dave Chappelle or chris rock dave Chappelle. dave Chappelle. bigger bigger and blacker is the only i was i don't i didn't really get into chris rock like that but bigger and blacker <laughs> funny as hell <laughs> dave Chappelle. I like how, and Chris Rock does this too, so I'm not taking anything away from Chris Rock, but the way that Dave Chappelle flips current day, you know, situations and things like that and Mm. incorporates it into his comedy and makes it funny and also gets you to think at the same time. Dio Hughley does a good job of that also, but the way that Dave delivers it, you know, he'll even have white people in the audience sitting there laughing at themselves. <laughs> he'll be talking <laughs> directly to them and they're still sitting there laughing. They they know what he's about. They know what he's going to talk about and they'll still buy a ticket to his show to come sit there and get, you know, ridiculed for an hour, hour and a half, whatever the case is. And you won't hear so much about it. But Dave Chappelle, I'm talking about going back to half-baked <laughs> and all of that. Yeah. I'll, I'll take Dave Chappelle over Chris Rock. Man, I was a fan ever since I realized he was Reggie on Nutty Professor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, 
when I seen him without the wig on and I realized he was the same dude, I was like, oh man, he got a fan for me for life. When he, when, when on the Chappelle show, when they was in that car and they hit that little girl that was riding on the bike and she popped oh, yeah. up with the bloody forehead and then, and then they ran and then he came back and stole her bike, man, I was, yeah. I, I was done. I was like, man, he could, he could, he could never not be funny to me because that shit was just fucking stupid. It was fucking stupid, man. <laughs> Another thing, people people can't appreciate, you know, small things like that in comedy. And you would have to be a fan, fan of Chappelle show to even know the scene. Because remember, the, all the smoke coming out, the billowing out the window when they ordered <laughs> the food from the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> you know that all of that stuff. But I mean, he's he he, he he's on a whole another level. You know compared to compared to most of the comedians today like i like kevin hart but i kevin hart is nowhere near dave chappelle mm -hmm. and that's my opinion but i don't think he's anywhere near um dave chappelle but then they're two they're different types of comedians yeah i don't i don't even see putting them you know when people say oh you know kevin hart or dave chappelle they're two different types of comedians you can't you really can't compare the two it's it's almost like trying to compare jay-z and nas they're two different rappers. Mm -hmm. They're both great, but they, you know, Nas will give you all the conscious of Jay Z is going to give you some, some conscious stuff too. But it's not on the same level that you know of what Nas is doing. So it Man. just all depends on your preference. Man, you ain't never lied about that. <laughs> and uh, man, this has been dope. We got to do this again one of these days. Hey, you, you just let me know when I, I'm there. I'm definitely there. Okay, that'll work. I uh, I, I'll work on, I'll work on uh, switching things up. Now that you know, what I'm saying now that we uh, we got the introductions out of the way, then we can just <laughs> we can just have a conversation. <laughs> oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, why don't you let the people know where they can find you at, and uh, if there's anything you want them to look out for? Um. Yeah, you can find me on. I have all social media platforms, but the only two that I really use, I would say, um, Instagram. You find me at We Need to Talk under uh, We Need to Talk twenty three underscore pod on Instagram. On TikTok, I know people laugh at me and say you're a little old for TikTok. <laughs> Love TikTok though; it's greatest place for for comedy when I should be sleeping. <laughs> okay, um, but I'm on TikTok also. Same thing. We Need to Talk twenty three uh, pod. Um, Gmail, we need to talk 23pod at gmail.com and then an uh, episode that I have dropping next week, I sat down with uh, with the four ladies from We uh, we Kind of Old podcast um, and I have that episode dropping next week um, and like I said you can find me on all streaming platforms um, Spotify Amazon, Google Apple, wherever, wherever you listen to your podcast, I'm there I, ha I also have a YouTube channel. Haven't posted anything for a while because I kind of fell back from posting my videos. But the podcast is up to date. Um, but if you go there, you could check out some of my earlier work, and I'll actually going to get back into posting on um, on YouTube again soon. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We need to talk twenty three with the host Ringo, and I guarantee when you uh you know you find an episode with a title you like. You're not going to tune out because that's that's how it happened for me. You know what I'm saying? Once I see your cover art and I read your bio, I'm like, all right, let me check this out. Let me see what they're talking about. And then once 
once the conversation gets my interest, it's like, all right, go ahead and put this on the shuffle. You know what I'm saying? So uh, if 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 you disagree, please let both of us know and we will both block you. We'll take the <laughs> we'll take the comment, but we're gonna block you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, the Landover Legend, aka Big T. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the I Can't Make This Up Podcast. It's I Can't for K make this up podcast you can find me everywhere podcasts are available i'm also on youtube twitter facebook and instagram please like share subscribe and follow and please don't forget to check out my guest content make sure you hit that like button make sure you hit them up if you got any questions or if you'd like to be a guest on the show but with all that being said i appreciate you for listening till next time peace I can't make this up Being the wingman got me punched in the face by this crazy chick I can't make this up Gave this cool old man to ride home Now I'm harboring the fugitive I can't make this up Pin between the fat chick and the speaker Now my shirt smell like her backside I can't make this up It's all bad cause my man about to get stabbed in his hand over french fries Bad And I'ma let the land over legend do the rest. I'm out.